0: When I was very young, maybe five or six, I loved to sing. I wasn't a very good singer, of course, but I loved it nonetheless. One of the first songs I ever memorized was the Christmas classic Silent Night. One Christmas Eve, I tried to talk my mother, the minister, into letting me sing a solo during the Christmas Eve service, to the point where I refused to put on my shoes unless she let me. In her infinite wisdom, she said no. Years later, she got her revenge by making me play Silent Night with her on guitar at Christmas Eve services until she retired. Despite the crushing blow to my singing career, I love holiday music, and tonight, along with a guest, we're going to talk about our favorite music of the season on the mixes in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mixes In, your completely erratic and occasionally monthly music podcast, where we put together a mix out of whatever topic we happen to be talking about. And today, that's holiday music. And I have with me tonight my brother Jeremiah, who you'll remember from the '70s Road Songs episode. Uh, and if you don't remember him from that, you should go back and listen to it. But how you doing tonight, Jer? I'm well, thank you. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: I'd say happy holidays, but we both celebrate Christmas, despite, you know, the Jewish last name. (laughs) Do you get people confused by that still? I do on occasion. Yes, I do. Well, I, I have to say up front that the idea for this episode was for occasional collaborator Mario, who wanted to come on, but he couldn't get his computer to work right, so it's just the two of us. And by proxy of that, I had only really researched three songs, so I had a few backups, so those backups are now being promoted to the main. Uh, I just don't have as much cool information as I do on them, uh, but I just figured I'd throw that out there when I just say, hey, this song's great, and then move on to the next one, unlike my usual talking about the songs in in depth, although we'll get some of that. So, Jared, do you have a
1: hard time picking songs for this? I wouldn't say I had a hard time I knew there were two or three that were definitely going to be on the list, no matter what. The the my number four and five picks it was between them and a couple other songs. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't particularly difficult to uh, come up with this list. Now, do you remember that that story I told about wanting to sing
0: Silent Night Christmas Eve? Not in the slightest. I, I assume you don't, since you don't seem to remember any of the childhood that I experienced yeah, except it, occasional overlap on major holidays. I thought this one might have stuck in.
1: No, I I don't recall that. I, I know the stuff about you playing the guitar with mom. And the, well,
0: that that's and, happened in the last couple of years. I'd hope you remembered that. I don't think your college experiences wiped that out.
1: No, but when the the story from when we were kids, no, that doesn't ring a bell at all. I mean, I know you liked singing in church, but yeah, doesn't no recollection of that one.
0: Well, I mean, we grew up in a pretty small church, so I mean, you could kind of hear everybody's individual voice if you really wanted to. Not mine. Uh, well, yeah, you never sang. You didn't like singing. Still don't, I assume.
1: For the most part.
0: I mean, I haven't been to church in years, so, but I'd probably still belt out some Christmas songs if I was.
1: Yeah, when we when we go to mass. The the Christmas Mass, uh, I'll usually put a little extra effort in and try to make my voice heard for the most part.
0: Not uh, not going full like our father and no. bellowing them from the depths of your gut?
1: No.
0: You can probably tell. Our parents are both ministers, so we were raised around the church. And a big part of that is the, the Christmas music. We would go caroling. We'd visit shut-ins and stand outside their houses and sing Christmas songs. and
1: Well, it we wasn't just shut-ins. It was...
0: Well, no, well, I mean, of course not,
1: but plenty. Of, we visited the parishioners' houses.
0: Yeah, but there were like fifteen parishioners, so the ones that weren't out there singing were the ones that couldn't be out there singing. So you know, it. Uh, like I said, it was a small church, but that was fun. Like I have a lot of fond memories of doing that. I don't know if you share those.
1: Oh, definitely. Those doing the the Christmas things in church are some of my best memories of the time we spent in springdale um i often think about that springdale
0: the, connecticut the home of speedball
1: yeah i often think about the times we ended up at um other people other families homes after doing some event in the church all day and we'd all get together for dinner and somebody would play the piano or you know, a guitar, and there would be some singing after supper. Um, just in you know, normal Sunday night type singing. It was, yeah, those are some great memories.
0: I, you know, I think about that stuff a lot. It's, you know, obviously I like music, but I think some of that growing up with that is being a part of it and the, the the community that gets built around music that feels like it's it's completely lacking from modern life a little bit a lot of it It was such a strong influence on how i view and how i like music why i go to so many shows even my my advanced middle age still out there at punk shows in fact we're recently lamenting uh missing our annual trip up to boston to go to the mighty mighty boston's hometown throwdown which i think at this point is about the only shows you go to in a year right
1: uh yeah pretty much i would like to see bob mould one of these days but I feel a little old to drive into Boston by myself on a Tuesday night to go see some dude.
0: Whereas I've driven three hours to somebody's house to see people, so I'm, you know, I don't have the same qualms about that. I Most of the concerts I go to, I go to by myself, to be fair. Uh, largely because most of my friends couldn't give a rat's ass about most of the bands I like. but uh, And then they call me a hipster, so, you know, that's, I guess, how it works.
1: Yeah.
0: This year, you know, it, all of this stuff is especially highlighted this year where we just couldn't have any of that. We couldn't Carol or, you know, I, I the last show I went to was in February. It was a, a great Jesse Mallon show and uh, it's the Stone Pony in New Jersey. With Hollis Brown playing and Maddie Carlock. Wonderful show. Didn't really think at the time it would be the last one I went to this year, especially since I had tickets to a whole bunch after that. But, yeah, yeah, no, here we are at the Christmas season, and, and it feels a little a little bit silent this year.
1: Yeah, there's, it definitely feels lacking to a certain extent. I mean, I think there's still plenty to be happy and celebrate, but, yeah, it's definitely a different Christmas season for sure.
0: And I, I think the net result is uh, it'll make us all appreciate everything a little bit more next year uh it, we're all going to go crazy and over the top in everything we do i think that we're allowed so maybe maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel who knows hopefully so so let me ask you this as far as christmas music i have a lot of friends a lot of people who complain as soon as they start hearing it you know whether the first time they hear it is after thanksgiving or you know the day after halloween they go into a store and they hear jingle bells in the supermarket that that stuff has never bothered me How about you?
1: The only thing I think is a little silly is maybe selling the Christmas candy and stuff like that, you know, on October 27th. But no, I don't mind hearing the music. I don't mind celebrating the season as much as we're celebrating shopping and consumerism. Um, I don't mind listening to that stuff and hearing it and seeing it, you know, right at the beginning of November it's it is for me it's a happy time so actually getting to experience it for a little bit longer that's that's okay
0: yeah i mean i'm the same way i i'm just happy you know to i like christmas despite being perhaps a bit of a grump about just about everything uh i love when the lights go up i love hearing the songs and i just like experiencing the season because it's nice and there's so little that's just nice and we try so hard to make it not nice, and it still is nice.
1: I, I don't know. We've got, you know, it gets dark early, and we've got a long winter ahead of us. And, you know, having the Christmas light lights up a little earlier than normal. Just, it, it makes the time of year a little more happy before we get into those January and February winter doldrums when everything is going to be gray and the lights are down
0: yeah like oh you know when the lights are out and it's christmas and you see the snow it's still kind of nice and you don't really have dreams of taking a blowtorch to it just yet
1: yeah
0: or at least you do i you know i live in delaware so whatever snow we get feels like a bonus i don't even own a real winter coat at this point so
1: <laughs> the storm we had the other day it was- Put a few inches down, and it wasn't too hard to clean up, and made everything look pretty for a few days. So I'll I'll take it now. Can have it in February.
0: As we're recording this, I we've still got a little bit of snow on the ground here, which is we barely had any. Li- I I literally didn't need my shovel last year, so it was uh it was okay having to do a little bit of shoveling this week. Yeah, I there's a Boston song that I think about when I when I hear people talk about that stuff, which is this time of year and it's the Boston's just singing about liking Christmas and, and how they can't, you know, not like this time of year. And it's a fun song and they play it at the throwdown. It didn't make my list, but it, it was certainly in contention. And it was one, um, that I listened to a lot prepping for this. And I just listened to a lot in general, but it, it kind of sums up how I feel is no matter how much of a grump or a, you know, how cynical I can be about everything else, I still love this time of year. And it's nice that the Boston's do too, I guess. Yeah. So in, in preparing for this, uh I have a couple Christmas mixes I start listening to each year and and a few old favorites. Uh most of the ones that I kinda listen to, like if I'm in the car or cooking dinner or something and I wanna hear some holiday music is tends to be kind of more rock and roll modern stuff than older hymns or like Bing Crosby, although I, I bust out uh, a few old ones. I you know have a few CDs, and I don't really have anything to play on anymore now that I think about it. But uh, that I would listen to every year. Some you know modern, some were older. I think the the hybrid one is the Bob Dylan's Christmas album, "Christmas in the Christmas in the Heart," I think it's called, that came out uh, maybe ten years ago. That sounds like your crotchety old grandpa singing Christmas tunes. And my entire family hates it. Jen, my wife, hates it when I play it at Christmas. But I usually, almost always, when I'm cooking Christmas dinner, will play it, and everybody will leave me alone in the kitchen, I think partly because of it. But I love it. And that, for me, is the most classic, fun Christmas album I listen to. But but what about you? What do you listen to as we, we get into this season?
1: Well, in the car, Rach and I put on the, the couple of um, XM channels that run the longest, which and it's mostly the classic stuff. Um, I tend to like the jazzier Christmas albums. Um, there's a four. And freshman Straldy. Yeah, I, that I, that album. Um, but there's a four freshman album I like a lot, and I just that's some of my favorite stuff. The other one I listen to a lot is the Jethro Tull Christmas album.
0: Yep that one's heavily in my rotation
1: which isn't i mean it it's it's neither jazzy or classical but
0: eh, it's a little bit jazzy in parts
1: it's a it's a nice album i have a christmas mix that i listen to in bed every night that's a combination of the charlie brown christmas album and the mormon tabernacle choir but the for what we're in the car it's mostly the um Classic Christmas songs, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, that type stuff. But I, I do uh, like I generally I I go for the the hymns, the religious songs, that stuff.
0: I I have like I said I have a few. Albums. I do have a an album that's I think it's called Christmas Classic. Something I got for like three bucks at a Sam Goody a hundred years ago, and it's all Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra and Nat King Cole Gene singing Audrey. classics. I know Gene Autry, but but that, that kind of person. And I, I've listened to that one for years and years. And I find that I like listening to those older radio popping kind of fireside Christmas songs that they'd listen to in, you know, like a Christmas story of the movie. When I wanna hear Silent Night or Oh come all you faithful, rather than kind of more modern, slicker versions. Like I can't stand Michael Bublé. Oh, uh,
1: we we like him quite a bit.
0: Or Josh Groban, I I can't deal with.
1: Now he doesn't. He's not really in the rotation on XM, but Ubley is, um, and I like him just fine. He's got a a nice voice. I don't. We don't tend to listen to the station that has the the modern singers on it doing the same songs. I mean, we'll put it on occasionally. Um, you know, for the most part, it's all right. I don't. I don't mind it. One of the things I always think of is the uh SNL bit where um Michael Bublé was the musical guest and they it he was on the Christmas show and the bit is him making a Christmas album with duos and all the SNL cast um <laughs> play, you know, whatever celebrity they're singing with and it's a, it's a hilarious bit but whenever he comes on the the radio I always think of that one
0: as with anything else I I find Singers who are too good or too polished to be a little bit off-putting sometimes. I don't know why.
1: But Frank Sinatra is all right.
0: Yeah, because it doesn't sound so polished to me. It sounds, I don't know, it sounds like Frank Sinatra. It doesn't sound like the perfectly perfect radio edit of Josh Groban singing, you know, the exact right notes to, you know, come all you faithful. I don't, I don't know. Jen, Jen makes fun of me a lot for this this idea, but I, I tend to shy away from perfection and these guys that try to perfect things. It's part of the reason I don't like um uh Celtic Thunder, which our mom likes very much. I it just ends up feeling very inauthentic to me and I don't know. Frank Sinatra doesn't sound inauthentic. If that makes any sense. It doesn't. Thanks. Appreciate you backing me up there. You are welcome. Yeah, so I'll admit, like I said, my this was a bit of a last-minute episode. My preparation wasn't that great, but I did uh, I did put together some songs, and I've got a few runner-ups. How about you? You got uh, you got your got any runner-ups? Why don't we uh, take a look at those?
1: I actually don't have any any runner-ups written down. If I did, it would just be um, the uh, Linus and Lucy, you know, because I I wasn't going to have two. Vince Guaraldi songs on the list, and that one's not the one that I put on the list. Um,
0: it's not on my list either, but it was in the the broader. It's in those mixes, and it was it was something that would be one of my runner ups. It's a fun song, and hell, I've even heard the Boston's play it to bring them up again.
1: Yeah, which I is mean, always fun. Don't get me wrong, I I love the song. It's just it's just not the one that made the cut. There are songs like uh, Heart the Herald Angels Sing that I like quite a bit. But no, I didn't put together a list of runner ups for this. OK, well. Uh,
0: so I I do have one and and I want to bring it up because it's not it's not one I've known very long. I've known it a couple of weeks. So I have a sister podcast that I do called the Scary Stuff Podcast, where we, we take deep dives and review, well, it's not really reviewing, but really examine horror movies. And we just put out our Christmas episode, which you should listen to again, that's the Scary Stuff Podcast. And one of the movies we covered on that is the extremely controversial Silent Night, Deadly Night, which came out in 84 and you know caused a nationwide controversy. I remember the controversy, but I hadn't thought about the movie or seen it until we we were prepping for this episode. And I discovered that Morgan Ames wrote and put together about eight, six, some six or eight, nine original songs for this, which blew my mind. And we talk about it more on that podcast, but one of them, the song called The Warm Side of the Door, and it plays during a montage scene of the the villain in Silent Night, Deadly Night working in a toy store. And, you know, listen to it, it's like, ha, ha, you know, they really went down the AM dial to find this when I was first started, and then I listened to it and realized it was original, and then I listened to it a couple more times. And at some point, it went in my brain from being a funny song to being just a Christmas song that I happened to like. So I thought I ought to bring that one up. It's the the entire album. The Silent Night, Deadly Night original songs are fun. They're they're decent little Christmas songs. They sound a bit like, um, I don't know, Kenny Loggins got drunk and just kind of riffed for a while. Like these aren't all time classics, but they're surprisingly good and nice Christmas songs. Um, so I, I guess that would be my runner up is Warm Side of the Door by Morgan Ames from Silent Night, Deadly Night. Which I feel like my mom, somehow, even though she's not going to ever listen to this, is mad at me for talking about that movie in a Christmas context and (laughs) picking one of the songs.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: But I I know I've mentioned that song to you in the
1: movie. You haven't seen that yet, have you, Jer? No, I haven't watched it yet. I've been too busy watching uh, the Berenstain Bears Christmas Tree special and things like that. I don't remember that one. 79. What's your favorite Christmas special? Um, well, the Charlie Brown Christmas, but I, there are, there's one I really liked that I rediscovered recently, last Christmas, the cosmic Christmas with three aliens come down to a town to find the meaning of the Christmas star. and I, I like that one quite a bit. Um. Yeah, you mentioned
0: that one, and the name is familiar, and I saw the art, and it's familiar, but I don't remember it, so I'm going to have to sit down and watch it if it's available anywhere.
1: Yeah, you can easily find it on YouTube. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is pretty good. That's a Jim Henson one. Um, I don't believe I've ever seen that. I watched it for the first time a couple of years ago, and I liked it. It's a, it's a little hokey, but it it's cute, and it's it's Jim Henson, so I like that work. It's not one we watched as kids, and
0: I'm not entirely sure how we missed it, but I mentioned that to a few friends the other day that I'd never seen it, and once again, I found myself ostracized.
1: Well, I don't know that it aired much on television in our area. Yeah, I don't know. The way things like The Little Drummer Boy did or Frosted the Snowman. You know, I'd have to say for me, Rudolph is probably my favorite. I was watching that tonight.
0: That was the one that... that most felt like christmas but I, I think anything that had that
1: spinning special graphic in front of it
0: i enjoyed as a kid
1: yeah of course that would be the CB, CBS special title card by the way it's the, so the that what that is? Too. yes
0: yeah that that's an an emotional trigger for me i know i can taste taste our mother's cooking and 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 feel the uh the the less than less than soft Uh, cushions of our couch in our living room growing up (laughs) i think that couch was made out of burlap or something maybe all right so yeah so let's well let's get into it let's let's get the the mix together we'll we'll go uh mine aren't in any particular order but we'll go one for one as we go so why don't you why don't you get us uh started
1: all right so the first song on my list and mine are in order from least favorite to most and the first one is The Carol of the Bells. And I don't have any specific memories about this. It doesn't make me think of anything necessarily. Um, it doesn't remind me of, you know, some special night or anything like that. It's just a good song. It's a popular song. It's used in all kinds of advertising. I mean, if you don't know it by the name, you'd, hear, you'd recognize it if it was played for you. Um, I like classical renditions of it. I like versions that have vocals, versions that are instrumental. Um, the, it's just a good song. It's, it's got an upbeatness to it. I tend to gravitate more to the upbeat hymns rather than the slower ones. So that it makes the cut for that reason. And for the Spotify playlist, there's a, a version by, I don't know if they're a pop band, what you would call them, a duo called The Bird and the Bee. Um, and I heard it years ago. Um, I think it came out 2007. Um, and it's it's a particularly catchy version. It's, it's a neat, odd little, you know, there's some electric to it or whatever. It's, it's just a neat version of the song.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's that's definitely one I enjoy. Don't know if I'd call it one of my favorite hymns or Christmas songs, but certainly it's certainly nice. All right. Um, Well, I'll kick it off with one we've actually talked a little bit about in passing, which is another Christmas song by Jethro Tull. This is off of the Jethro Tull Christmas album, which we talked about a little bit earlier, which I think is still the last Jethro Tull album to come out isn't it. No. No.
1: No.
0: Okay. But yeah, it's it's just a great kind of quiet Christmas song. It's called another Christmas song. It follows their more famous A Christmas Song on the album, and I think that's how it got its name. And it's it's a more classic. It's you know it sounds like a Jethro Tull song, but it's about an old man. Wanting you know, calling his family back. and there's sort of mystical undertones to it. There's uh, a notion of family. There's a notion of one of the the aspects of Christmas, which is everybody kind of returning and getting together and being together and how important that is. and it it really delves into that a little bit, while also feeling like it's got that kind of Jethro Tull vibe of being somehow a modern folk song. Uh, when I listen to it, I picture a Father Christmas looking dude in a hut somewhere in the steps or something and, you know, putting out a call and his family coming in through the snow and returning home to a wooden table and, I don't know, big bowl of goulash or something. But it's it's very evocative to me. And I, I just I like the music. I like the way it's sung. And I like how much it feels like the thing's. I like about Christmas. So yeah, so that that'd be my, my first one on here.
1: Yeah, that that's a good one. It's it's <clears throat> it's also not as heavy handed as a Christmas song is. The other no the, the, the first song. And and that's one of the the a Christmas song is one that I like quite a bit and I like listening to at Christmas time, but it's a little trite, it's a little heavy handed with the message um, the music is great. The song itself is wonderful. Um, but yeah, they, I definitely couldn't, couldn't justify putting that one on. But you're right. Another Christmas song is, a, in my opinion, it's a much better song in terms of um, it being a Christmas song.
0: Yeah, and I'd agree with that. But that, that whole album. I mean, just throwing a, there's, there's just so many good songs on it that I've listened to it so much that it is very much a part of my Christmas now, but like Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow, uh, First Snow on Brooklyn, you know, Ring Out, Solstice Bells. I, it's just a neat album, mm-hmm. and I don't think you have to be a Jethro Tull fan to necessarily appreciate the whole thing. I think you could just enjoy it.
1: Is it Greensleeves on it, too?
0: Yeah, Greensleeves yeah. is on it. Um we five kings which is a play on we three kings uh a few there's a few instrumentals um god rest you merry gentlemen is on there
1: yeah i think most of
0: the rest are originals
1: yeah it's mostly originals it it is a very good album i uh it i it, it does make heavy rotation this time of year for me and it it's it's good enough that it it's not just something you could listen at Christmas time either. I mean, it, obviously, you probably would listen to it more, but it's a good yeah, album on its own.
0: Yeah, it's a good winter album. Yeah, in general, but it's there's such talented and varied musicians in that band, you know. And I I know you know they're prog rock and Jethro Tull, and they're they're a bit of a joke to a lot of people, but they are really good at what they do and that their style fits so well with seasonal songs like those and i i don't know for me it's just it's it's very much i don't know, i wouldn't say it's perfect but it's pretty close to perfect in terms of what i like to hear and how i feel about winter and christmas
1: now that you mentioned winter albums one of the things that i wouldn't call it a runner up but one of the other things i like to listen to quite a bit this time of year is um George Winston's piano albums, Forest and December. And Forest has him doing three songs from the Snowman cartoon. Remember that on PBS, the Mm -hmm. Snowman Comes to Life? Well, he does several of the, some of the songs from that score. And they're neither Christmas, they're not Christmas songs. So, I mean, I wouldn't call them runner-ups, but it's a wintery, album that is something i like to listen to quite a bit this time of year
0: well we used to listen to the winter album quite a bit growing up at least dad played it a lot
1: yeah dad had it a listen to it. george once did a fair amount yep.
0: yep so that that's one of those that's very evocative of those snowy days back when we gets you know had a lot of snow and you know when you're a kid and it's you know it's much cooler to have it
1: All right. So, what's your uh, what's your number four? So, number four is "Have a Holly Jolly Christmas," the Burl Ives version from the Burl Ives Christmas album in the uh, Rudolph special. I
0: feel like that's the only version that matters.
1: Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it's the best one. There are other versions out there. Um, This isn't something that I've loved all my life, the way other songs on this list are going to be but it's my wife's favorite christmas song and whenever it comes on we always stop to listen to it whenever it comes on in a, a store when we're walking around you know our ears will park up when we hear it um it's just a wonderful happy song it's a great rendition um it's i would defy you to not be happy after hearing it
0: yeah i i would agree with that it's it's fun it's happy it's it's got a lot of the general delight of the season in it
1: yeah
0: in a very positive way
1: yeah and it doesn't hurt that burl lives looks like santa claus either so
0: not at all no that that's certainly a positive in this case all right so i guess uh guess my next one is going to be snoopy's christmas by the royal guardsmen uh sometimes known as christmas bells uh this is the the holiday follow up to snoopy versus the red baron which was a hit for that self same band the royal guardsmen uh this one in particular snoopy's christmas was hugely popular in australia and new zealand it was released in 1967 and it charted number 1 in both of those countries and I don't think it hit number one in England, but it was popular there and it's, you know, popular here in America, but not to the extent it is overseas. And if you've never heard it, it is essentially Snoopy and the Red Barons version of the 1940 1914 Christmas truce, which was initiated by the soldiers. If you've never heard about that, it's the one where they got up out of the trench and shared a drink and looked at pictures of... Uh, each other's families and cleared off the dead. And in one case played a a soccer match. And in the song, it's a story song about Snoopy and the red Baron and red Baron Snoopy thinking he's got caught dead to rights and red Baron forcing him to land and them sharing a drink in uh, the neutral zone is initiated by the red Baron, which is again, the, the Christmas truce was initiated by the Germans and it's a fun song. It's a nice song despite the, the somewhat oddly heavy topic. But I've I, it was a favorite of our mothers. And I think that's why I have such a strong reaction when I hear it. But it's one of those that the first time I hear it every year, I get a little choked up because it's just got so much wrapped up into it. And it's such a kind of fun, bright, classic kind of song. It's another one of those, again, the continuing theme here is how much this stuff is tied in with our our vision and feelings of christmas and what the holiday is and what it means and how much that's tied in with family and memory and you know nostalgia to a degree and you know whatever have you presents and lights and stuff for for me this is one that encompasses encompasses all of that and it's you know and it's just silly it's about snoopy so you know it's not it's not you know, it's not a super serious song, I guess, but it's one I've just always loved.
1: I hear it every once in a while around Christmas time. And when I hear it, it always brings me right back to you know, being kids and it coming on the radio and mom just loving it when it would come on. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's got the, I I agree with those feelings 100%. It, those those memories of listening to it and just the meaning that it has for our family it is, uh significant.
0: Yeah. It's, and it, it'll always be a favorite and it, I, it'll be in the mix. So you'll, you'll get to hear it, but it's just, if you've never heard it, it's, it's just fun. So, so yeah, so that's that's my number, what would it be, three? Four. That's my number four.
1: So what's your, uh, your number three? So my number three is Joy to the World. And for me, this song represents all my Christmas memories just in one song. Caroling with the people in our church, going to New York City with Dad to Go to F A O Schwartz, St. Patrick's Cathedral, and Rockefeller Center.
0: Yeah, and every year at Christmas, growing up, we would go into the city with our father, and we would, you know, do all of the big Christmas. Like you just said, F A O Schwartz, Fifth Avenue. We'd always, you know, take one special trip, like the Empire State Building or something. But when when people talk about New York doing Christmas better than everybody else. Uh, which i think is something mostly new yorkers say but i will say that it's very much true anyway go ahead
1: so yeah this this joy to the world just it's all those things wrapped up in one song it's it you know it 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 builds as the as you go through the song um it's a it's a closer at christmas concerts um it to me it's it's just wonderful i mean i can when I hear it, especially when I hear it sung by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, I can picture being in Mom's room after she's wrapped up everything for the evening and she's got, you know, some Christmas concert on PBS or whatever on the TV. And it's, you know, they're they singing that and, well, Mom always loved that song. But, I mean, it it's all, it, it represents all that happiness in, in one song for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with it. It's probably my favorite of the big Christmas hymns to sing. That and it came upon a midnight clear. Like if I could only sing two, it'd be those two. I don't mean sing like sing well. I mean, these are just the ones I enjoy belting out. But yeah, Joy to the World was probably my favorite growing up. It's it's a very dynamic song. It's bright. It's powerful. And it's it's got that energy, that swelling hope that's such so, such a part of Christmas to it, I'd say. So yeah, good choice. Alright, so for me, my next one is here's where we get a little sad. And I find that I like sad Christmas songs these days more than the happy ones to a degree. Which I think is just I was trying to think about why I, I gravitate to these so much. And some of it is just, you know, getting older and and some of the magic being a little bit gone although not so much because I still love Christmas but it's there's a sadness to it you know I don't like talking to my brother here but we don't get to see each other that much so you know that's that's a part of all of these things that's wrapped up in it so my third song is Xmas Time by Jesse Mallon this is the 11th track off his 2002 solo debut The Fine Art of Self-Destruction it was actually released the album on December 24th so it is very much a Christmas song. It's a breakup song. Uh, he, it's something he recorded originally on tape to send to a girl to get her back. And he hadn't intended to put it on the album, but it didn't work. So we thought he'd get something out of it. So we uh, put the song on the album and it's, it's a wonderful, it's very, like I said, it's a breakup song. It's, it's a very emotional song and it's, it's about somebody who, who sees somebody else has moved on and they, haven't quite, but they're trying very hard to be happy for the person, you know, and it's about walking around the city and seeing all the Christmas stuff, but not necessarily feeling it because, you know, you've got this this hard bit in your heart right now. And it's it's just a nice song. Uh, he does. He plays it a lot. In fact, earlier the evening that we we're recording this, Jesse Mallon did a live stream holiday show and he played it on that, which was really nice. Uh, my favorite version is actually off his live album called Mercury Retrograde and it's like it's it's one of those songs it's it's a full band on the album but it's almost better when it's just a solo acoustic and that's what it is for him when I've heard it a couple of times. I have been live to two Jesse Mallon Christmas shows where he played in Philadelphia right before Christmas and he played it at neither of them. So I've still never seen him play it in person, which Pure is a balls. little bit irritating. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, uh, he played winter by the rolling stones at one of them. And he played uh Christmas baby. Please don't come home or please come home at the other one, but not his own Xmas time or Christmas time. Uh, I've always been a little irritated about it. So when he played it tonight at this Christmas show, it's like, Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but, uh, but it's one I'm always glad to hear and it's it's just a good song. It's fun to sing along to, and it it has that that mix of sadness and hope that Christmas can be in a lot of ways. So so yeah, so that's my number third. Three. I don't know why I can't say third or three tonight, but clearly I can't. Guessing you don't have a lot to say about that one, huh?
1: I have no comment on that one now. <laughs> Never heard. Sorry,
0: you'll you'll know my next two at least. <laughs> So what's, uh, what's your number, what are we on, two? What's your number two?
1: So my number two is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And this one specifically, I've got two, well, it reminds me of being in church at those Christmas services. Um, and the lights, you know, it's dark outside and the lights are down. Uh, and it, it just, it makes me think of being in church and singing Christmas hymns. But the, the other thing I think of is when I was a freshman in college, I had a, a tape of instrumental Christmas songs. And it was, you know, a $3 pickup at some, you know, Sam Goody or something like that. It was just a cheapo tape. I wanted to have a Christmas tape to listen to at the end of the semester. And there was, a O Come O Come Emmanuel was on the album. And it was a particularly nice version of it. And I can remember listening to that tape, you know, during midterm, you know, during the finals, um, riding around the bus at night, um, or walking around campus just to get out of the dorm and take a break or whatever, um, you know, at the end of the year, and it it definitely reminds me of, you know, the there was a certain amount of happiness to finishing that first semester and being able to go home for a Christmas break. I don't know. the song it definitely reminds me of that period of my life, you know, freshman year of college. And, uh, Did you get the yeah. Mohawk freshman year or your sophomore year? Sophomore. Yeah, it was that was the in the summer of going into my sophomore year of college.
0: Not really relevant to the Christmas story. I was just trying to remember, because I remember you coming home for Christmas and Mom just not being happy about the presence of your haircut.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was a longer mohawk but that by that time. But yeah, that was the end of my uh, sophomore f- or first semester.
0: Well, that's cool. So let me ask you this. Uh, outside of that tape, do you prefer listening to musical or instrumental versions or versions with singing of the songs?
1: You know, that's interesting because I think I prefer of this song in particular or any song
0: in in general, just in general,
1: in general, I probably prefer instrumental versions um, just because if it's not a singer, I particularly enjoy. Like I, I don't care to hear, frank sinatra's uh silent night that's on xm all the time but when um, gene autry or ben crosby do it it's fine so when it's a song that being sung it really depends on who's singing it will impact my enjoyment but whereas if it's an instrumental version i can almost always, always get behind it now I, i'm not I, I will admit this If it is a song, if it's a version with lyrics for O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and I'm in the car alone, I can get choked up singing it out loud when I'm by myself. Um, So in that case, you know, there are times I do like to hear the lyrics.
0: Cool. I'm a lyrics man myself. I know what I said before about not liking that many singers, but I do Prefer to hear these songs sung. Like I like to try and harmonize while I'm singing along in the car, rather than realizing how many of the words I've forgotten over the years.
1: Also, when it when they're when they do include the lyrics, when there is someone singing, it's usually the full version of the song. Where when it's instrumental, the most you really get is one or two verses, because otherwise it's just going on and on with the the same music. So it will be a longer version of the song when they include all the lyrics.
0: I have a mandolin one that's just music that I enjoy. But beyond that, I'm I'm, I'm a I like to have the words. Cool, oh come, oh come, oh come, Emmanuel. Yeah, I think I can remember the words to that. Maybe I'm not going to sing it on air, but pretty good chance I'll be trying to sing that in the car tomorrow. I could right, sing so... along
1: with people, but I couldn't. I couldn't sing it out loud myself.
0: The, uh, all right, so my number two is probably the most famous one on my list, which is Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues and Christy McCall. I think most of our listeners will probably have heard of this song. It's a song written by Jem Finner and Shane McGowan of the Pogues and recorded by the band, uh, as I said, along with Christy McCall. It was originally released as a single on the 23rd of November in 1987 and later featured on the Pogues album, If I Should Fall from Grace with God, which came out in 1988. Uh, This one actually has a pretty interesting history. They started writing it in 1985, and like I said, it didn't come out until 87, so there there were some bumps along the way. It's a little bit disputed, the origins. It was either originally written on a bet from Elvis Costello about writing a hit Christmas song, or on a suggestion from their manager, Frank Murray that it'd be fun to do a Christmas song. Uh, There's a little bit of dispute, like I said. Uh, Finner wrote the melody and originally wrote the song to be about a sailor from County Clare in Western Ireland who was in New York and looking across the water and wishing he was home, which is vastly different from the finished version. Uh, On a note, when I was in Ireland for a trip a couple of years ago, County Clare is where my wife's family originates from. So we drove down the coast and went to a bunch of those towns, so it's One of the few places in Ireland that I've actually been to. Uh, So that was kind of neat. So as they were developing it, they didn't really like the original version. And Finner's wife uh, suggested that they write it as a conversation between two people. And then, you know, he reworked it and they had the structure and the music were in place about 85, 86, but not the the actual lyrics. Uh, They didn't get the lyrics done until McGowan wrote most of them while recovering from pneumonia. In Malmo, Sweden, after getting sick on tour. Uh, And he talks about being a little bit delirious and the delirium helping him come up with the the song itself. Elvis Costello, who was producing the album at the time originally, wanted to call it Christmas in the Drunk Tank, but the Pogues, uh, who spent a lot of time in drunk tanks, didn't want to call it that. And they didn't think that would get much in the way of airplay. So they... Went with the name Christmas in New York, which is it's named after J.P. Ta- Don, Don Levy's 1973 novel, which shares the name. Uh, it was originally uh, not written for uh, Christy McCall; it was originally written for Rocky O'Reardon, who was in the Pogues at the time. But after their falling out with Elvis Costello, she left the band, which she you know was involved with him, and later got married to him. So they, they lost the original singer for that. They went, not too long after that, recorded a version at Abbey, Abbey Road uh, with McGow, McGowan singing both parts, and that obviously didn't work. And finally, Steve Lillywhite, who came in and was producing the album, suggested Christy McCall, who was his wife, to come in and sing that, the, the female part. Uh, so she did and if you've ever heard the song, it's the the perfect amount of scorn and uh, emotion that she sings it with They never they were never actually in the room together when they sang it they were uh, it's recorded over so uh, yeah so that's that's kind of the history of it. Uh, it was a huge huge hit. It, it's reached the top 20 in England 17 separate occasions since 1987 was number one in ireland it's it's on every you know greatest songs of all time list uh it didn't interestingly enough it never made number one even the year it was released it was beaten that year uh by the pet shop boys always on my mind cover which is another fascinating song and if you've never listened to that go listen to that too not really a christmas song but it's pretty cool there's always some controversy about the language Uh, especially in England, because it says arse and slut, and there's a gay slur in it. And a lot of people would take that out. Some people still sing it. So I, who knows? Uh, It's not my favorite line in the song by any stretch, but the defense tends to be that these aren't nice people singing in the song. So they would say something like that, which a little weak in my mind. I mean, at the time it was whatever, but now that we're a little bit more enlightened and a little bit trying to be a little bit more respectful and human to everybody. Uh, I think it'd be okay if people started singing it without the slur. Anyway, yeah, it's in the original. There's a cool video tattoo. It's black and white, and it shows them in New York. Uh, Matt Dillon's in it, plays a cop. Yeah, it's just, it's a fantastic song. It's the perfect city. Christmas song it's it's a bit mean it's a bit sad it's hopeful it's dirty it's bright it's it's everything it's all of the emotions of christmas in this one narrative about these people who loved each other and maybe don't anymore but tried to be good to each other and then couldn't and it's i like things that are imperfect i like things that are real and human and it's perhaps one of the most human Christmas songs I've ever heard uh, so that's that's why I love it and uh, I haven't heard too many different versions of it I, I mostly listen to the original but Jesse Mallon who I mentioned a few minutes ago has a cover of it with Bree Sharp uh, you might remember Bree Sharp from the 90s she had a hit song called David Duchovny and she's done a lot of great music since but uh, I think that's still technically her claim to fame but their version's a lot of fun that appears on Jesse's uh, on Your Sleeve covers album uh, But yeah uh, The original Pogues version still the best It's a perfect song And it's maybe the most perfect Rock and roll type Christmas song that's ever been recorded In my
1: mind So is this one you know Jarrett? Is this one you like? I don't recognize the name So I'm assuming if I've heard it It's Not very significant to me there are a ton of covers of it though. I just went and looked on YouTube music. There must be 30, 40 covers of it including John Bon Jovi. Yeah.
0: yeah I mean, oh, that version's bad. Just throwing that out there. I I have heard that one. It's not good. He does not have the voice for it. You got to you got to have a little uh little drunk tank in your voice to really pull it off and God knows Shane McGowan has that. Yeah, so that's that's my number 2. It's it's a song that I listen to a ton of this time of year uh that my wife rolls her eyes at me every time it comes on, but I still love it.
1: Cool. So, my number 1 is Christmas Time Is Here, Vince Guaraldi on the Charlie Brown Christmas album. Good choice. I don't know if it, it's it's not Linus and Lucy. I assume it's one of the more popular tracks from the album because you hear it a fair amount outside of that. Um, but I love the, I love the snare, which I assume is supposed to sound like falling snow or evoke the thought of falling snow. It makes me think of December evenings when the sun is set and the lights are down low. In the house except for maybe the christmas tree um it makes me think of being a little cold um you know if you maybe you forgot your hat or your gloves and you're outside it it, it makes me or
0: inside at your house for that matter
1: or inside at our house yeah um <laughs> it makes me think of children at christmas time and how wonderful it can be for some kids Um, obviously it makes me think of the cartoon i had to pick a song from that album and it's it's really my favorite from the the whole thing and there's on the extended cut or the remastered version there's a um, instrumental version that doesn't have the kids singing Honestly, I I don't like that version quite as much. I like the one with the kids singing better, just because you know it it makes you think of the the kids ice skating on the lake and Snoopy being a primo ice skater and um, <laughs> giving Lucy a kiss. And as far as jazzy tunes go, it's 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 an excellent composition, I think, and. Like I said, I enjoy the, the a jazzier version of a Christmas song. I, I I'm kind of attracted to that. The sound of the song in my head is is what jazz sounds like in general. Just the the instruments and the the mellowness of it. Um and I I, I, I like it a lot.
0: Well, it's a great song. I can't argue with that. It's a masterpiece and that special, the Snoopy Christmas special, is you know perhaps the all-time classic of the genre. And certainly that song is the the killer moment, maybe. That's cool. I, I haven't heard that in a while. I haven't sat down and watched the special this year, so I think I'm going to do that after we're done recording.
1: Nice.
0: But that's a pretty good number one. I can see everything you talked about is absolutely right where that hits. Right in the the nostalgia feels
1: I, I I go to bed every night listening to it and, I mean I'll hear I'll hear that track before I fall asleep almost every night since the middle of November at this point
0: not gonna lie that's adorable <laughs> cool ah yeah I that's that's I can't argue with that choice that is a a number one prime Christmas tune cool all right uh, well, my final one I know you know because we have probably stood, it's probably the last song we have maybe stood next to each other singing, which is Xmas Time, Sure Don't Feel Like by the Mighty Mighty Bostones. This is their cover of the original, which was done by the Dogmatics uh, for a Christmas compilation in 1984 called A Midnight Xmas Mess. Uh, the Dogmatics version is pretty rough around the edges it's almost rockabilly feeling uh whereas the boston's which they recorded in 1997 uh for the album a home for the holidays which is a benefit for the phoenix house a non drug abuse charity is a little bit more polished uh, a little bit more i want to say sad maybe I mean, the original isn't exactly, you know, positive, uh, but it's
1: the tone of their track is a little more downbeat. I guess it's not the right word, but it's a little. Yeah.
0: Uh, Interesting. Other songs on that particular album are things like Socket to Santa by Marshall Crenshaw and uh, Please Come Home for Christmas by Aaron Neville. So while I don't have that particular album, I'm kind of curious to listen to it straight through because it seems like it'd be a little bit wild. And I'll say this, the Wikipedia entry that mentions this song is wrong. And everything that pulls from that is wrong because they all say that the Boston's recorded it in 2005, which is <laughs> not true. Uh, I don't know why. And I, I I don't know how to correct Wikipedia. So I didn't. There's also a Letters to Cleo version that was released last year that's pretty good but for my money the boston's version is the one it's better than the original and it's it is a perfect christmas song and it's it's a sad song you know sure don't feel like christmas is how the chorus goes and it's about being in in boston and you know homeless or poor and being down in filings basement with no money to spend or sleeping outside when it's cold, and how the the lights don't mean as much when you really can't, when you've got no one to celebrate with. You know, it reminds me of my my years in Boston. You know, I wasn't that lonely, but I'd spend a lot of time just wandering the city by myself. There's a loneliness to Christmas that there can be, and an isolation for a lot of people. And the song is about that. It's about that side of Christmas where. As bright and hopeful as it is for some people, it's as dark and sad for others. And I you know, obviously from you can hear from us talking that Christmas has always been a big part of our lives. We're not the kind that that get very sad at the holidays, although it's happened. But the song talks about that, and it's it's a sad song, but it's a beautiful song as well. And I'll tell you, the Boston have played it. A bunch at their throwdown and it's always a moment where everybody in that crowd stops and kind of looks around and sings it together and for me the best music is music that's sung together and it's one of those songs where you you feel everyone in that crowd when you're singing it and that has always been a big part for me I mean it's a great song musically sonically the way it's But when you're standing in a crowd of sweaty punks who, you know, just got together for the first time all year and only see each other for a couple of days and go to these, you know, these concerts and then you sing this song, and you sing about the holiday. Usually that just happened, you know, everybody there didn't have families to go home to. And you you just you you feel there's a there's a togetherness in the loneliness of the song and there's an emotive quality to it that is very human. And When you're singing it and you're you're with all of those people, uh, it really it really gets to the the core of, of Christmas and all these ideas we keep talking about: family, hope, uh, holidays, and what all this stuff means. And you know the cold winter's day and what being warm at the end of it can can do. Uh, so for me, it's it's those special memories of of singing it and hearing it at these shows. But I've also, I've I've always loved it. The first version of it I owned was on a disc burned to me by my little brother, and yeah, it's a pretty special Christmas song for me, and I'd say it's my favorite.
1: There, as, as adults, there's a little bit of a sadness and bitterness to Christmas in that you and I have always been fortunate enough to always have a roof over our heads, and not have to worry about where our next meal's coming from, but even, as an adult, you can't ever go home again. So there, there's a little bit of sadness to this season, and you know, thinking back about you know when you were a kid or the way things used to be. And this song's tone captures that feeling perfectly. They capture that. Melancholiness that you can experience this time of year, and I've I've you know experienced it plenty.
0: Sure, but there
1: too. but there is a wonderfulness when we're at those shows and we're all connected, singing it at the top of our lungs after you know getting sweaty and bouncing around and banging into each other for an hour and a half. That is really pretty awesome to experience, and we've been lucky enough to experience it a couple times. Because they don't play it at every show every year, but when they do, boy, they knock it out of the park. And it's, it's definitely a highlight of any show they play it in, for me, for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Same. You know, there, there's a line in a Bob Dylan song that I think about a lot. Uh, it's in the song Mississippi, which is you can always come back, but you can't come back all the way. And he's not referencing Christmas or childhood or anything, but it's what I always kind of think about when I hear that line. And this song uh, kind of fits in with that and what you're talking about, which is, you know, you, you never you never quite experience Christmas the same as when you're a kid, but you always remember experiencing it as a kid. Uh, and, yeah, and this song gets that tone. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely my favorite Christmas song. You know, and I'll listen to it during the year, too, but uh, certainly a little bit more so this time of year. And I'll tell you what, this particular year, it hits right in the feels because yeah. it, it sure doesn't feel as much like Christmas.
1: No. Uh, when this when year. I'm in the car driving and that one comes on, I will definitely turn that one up when it comes up on my christmas play this my my rock and roll christmas plays i'll still say same yep
0: so that's that's what i got the uh i guess i probably should have brought up christmas and hollis but uh i guess i'll call that another one of my runners up but uh, yeah those are my those are my five and your five so yeah i don't know what else to say uh there's a lot of good christmas music out there i'd love to to hear from anybody listening to this about what your favorites are um I can tell you that the idea for this episode was friend of the pod, Mario, he was going to come on with us and he had mic troubles, Uh, but his three were, as we originally do three each, was Christmas by the Posies, Did I Make You Cry on Christmas Day, You Deserved It by Sufjan Stevens, and The Seasons Upon Us by the Dropkick Murphys. So once you've listened to the, the mix, and once you've listened to this episode, maybe go seek those out, and uh, someday we'll have Mario on to talk about those as well. But uh, So thank you for coming on, Jer. Appreciate you coming out.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: This was fun, and hopefully I'll have this out before Christmas. If not, uh, think of it as the New Year's episode.
1: It's probably going to be your weirdest playlist, I would think.
0: Almost definitely. Without question. But uh, you know, who knows what the new year holds. We'll uh we'll we'll try and top it a few times. So yeah, so that's uh anything left to say?
1: No, Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays, happy new years. Stay safe and warm, don't get the, the COVID, stay at home and don't don't go traveling. Uh save that for next year, and we'll all get together next year and have a big party. How's that sound?
1: Yeah, sounds great. All right.
0: Merry Christmas everybody. Thanks for listening. This has been the Mixes in